are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a November 8th. Thursday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, writer for the Associated Press, editor for LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and I am back here on Locked On Blazers, the show where we talk about your favorite team, the Portland Trail Blazers, and while we did not have a podcast immediately after the game that I was at for the Associated Press, we are here to talk about it now, uh, and that doesn't mean that that win wasn't important because I think that Portland notched their best win of the season on Tuesday night against the Milwaukee Bucks with a 118-103, frankly, domination of one of the best teams in the NBA here in the early season. Um, I don't think that that uh, you know, is shocking to anyone. They came into the game 8-1. and one. They are now 8-2 and two before they face off against the Golden State Warriors tonight in Oakland. But Portland outplayed them and, and got the win. And, and it, was a, it was really uh, an impressive performance from the Blazers, led by C.J. McCollum with a season-high 40 points as well as six assists. C.J., after kind of having a slow start to the season, shooting below his career averages from the floor, from the three-point line, He went 17 of 26 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3 after the game. He said that he watched film of every single three-pointer he took last season and found that he said he was shooting with a dead wrist, and so he locked his wrist out, and that film study, I guess, and, and preparation and getting some shots up after the film study helped him rediscover his shot, and that's huge for a Portland team that... While they are now 8-3 and three through 11 games, hadn't had truly a breakout performance yet from their best player, or from their second best player, excuse me. And so, um, you know, Lillard has had some big games. Lillard was dominant earlier in the season, and tonight when he saw C.J. McCollum, or not tonight, but Tuesday, two nights ago, Tuesday night, uh, you know, he really just let CJ take over the game. Dame only took 15 shots. He scored 13 points and had three assists. So it it was not necessarily a night where Dame had to be busy, but um, I think he welcomed that and he was happy to uh, kind of get a break, Uh, especially against an opponent like Milwaukee who came in so fierce. And, you know, for the first half of the game, this was a, you know, for the first Three quarters, frankly. It was a very, very good game. Portland just pulled away in the second half. But uh, it was a very well-played, uh, offensively executed game. I thought also both teams played very good defensively, um, which we're going to talk about in the next segment because I think Portland's defense really uh, has been just as important as their revamped offense. And uh, the Blazers were able to withstand... 23 from Giannis Antetokounmpo. He still shot 62% from the field almost and had 23, 9 rebounds and 6 assists. But you're not going to make it 
harder on him than Portland made it, I think. They really did a good job. Alfred Aminu, Evan Turner, Giannis still had those easy drives to the basket where he makes it look easy and he just dunks on you. But I don't think that it was a reflection of Portland's defense. And I thought Portland's help defense was really good. I thought there was really some great moments where they were out of the sh- off the string be- or on a string, excuse me, where they forced a couple of shot clock violations. Some of those were with the second unit. But the, the defense for Portland was really a key. And although the scorers for Milwaukee got going on Tetacupo had 23, Brooke Lopez was 8 of 14 and was playing awesome basketball, um, hitting some really deep three-pointers. He was 6 of 10 from deep. And then Chris Middleton also had a, a really solid game with 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. 8 of 19 from the field and and, and did a decent job and he scored some points in the fourth quarter to maybe um, give Milwaukee a little bit more of a chance down the stretch of that game but that was really kind of it. Dante DiVincenzo didn't have a good game. Eric Bledsoe didn't have a good game. Malcolm Brogdon didn't have a good game. So although the, the main guys for Milwaukee got going, Portland did a really nice job of making sure that everybody else didn't get going and uh, I think that speaks to their defense and it reflects well on, on the team that they've been so far this season. And to get a win against one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, despite the fact that a lot of people said, uh, you know, their schedule was weak. I, I don't necessarily – when you're 8-1 and one and you're beating teams by 25, 30 points a lot of times, as Milwaukee has in the early season, that – the strength of schedule stuff, like, whatever. And, like, they beat Sacramento by 30 points. And Sacramento's really, you know, they're a decent team. They're not that bad. They have a winning record right now, and they have played pretty decent basketball. And so uh, this was easily, I think, Portland's best win of the season because I think Milwaukee's playing much better basketball than the Lakers. I think they're playing better basketball than Indiana. They're playing better basketball than the Rockets. Orlando, Portland has had a lot of wins here, um, but I don't think there have been any better ones. Uh, you know, I, 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 any better ones than than what they've got uh, on Tuesday night against Milwaukee. So uh, definitely uh, a big win, an impressive victory. And Portland doing it, you know, a lot of the same ways they've been doing it all year. Obviously, C.J. McCollum got going, which was a little bit different than usual, but Portland continued to play the same way. They had the second unit out there with Evan Turner and Stauskas and Curry and Zach Collins and Myers Leonard, and uh, they, they, they got working uh, against Milwaukee, and you have to give them credit once again. And I think 11 games in, you really have to start considering how good this team is and Jake Lehman also hit shots in his kind of Noah Vonley token starter role uh, with 10 points in the starting lineup. And uh, Portland right now is is flowing, and, and they're playing good on both ends too, I think is a really important thing to take away. Obviously, you know, when you ask the coaches and you ask the players, and I think this is a good sign if you're a Blazers fan, is that they're not satisfied yet with how they've played defensively. And I think maybe the the pace and, and and all that stuff and seeing the points per game and stuff like that maybe helps them also kind of lock in on a more regular basis that teams are going to come into the Moda Center every night trying to run up the floor and score just because that's how the NBA is now. And uh, 
I think they've done a good job of absorbing those challenges. And tonight, uh, when they play the the Clippers, which we'll talk about, they're going to conclude a stretch of nine games in 15 days. And uh, Damian Lillard talked about Portland's schedule and how uh, the first 40 games are really, really hard. And so far, uh, over the first kind of fourth of that first half of the season, uh, Portland has done a, a, a very nice job of taking care of business with the schedule. So uh, we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about this Blazers defense. What have they been doing? What has been working? And how have they gotten uh, the defense to, at least in this early season, go up to another level? And we're back here on Locked on Blazers to talk about the, the Blazers defense so far this season. And just seeing it in person, especially against a team like Milwaukee, I just I came away even more impressed uh, than any of the, the previous two games that I saw. Obviously, Minnesota, uh, kind of a broken team right now. Then you have the Lakers, who are a mess for different reasons because none of them really know each other. They kind of had an identity last year, and now they're trying to figure out their new identity with LeBron James, and that has created some some ripples. And uh, the Milwaukee game to me was really that Portland's first true test of the season. Get, not their first true test because they beat Indiana on the road. You know that's a good win, but uh, to to beat a team like Milwaukee that came in hot, coming fresh off of winning by thirty five points on the road in Sacramento and playing some of the best basketball, having an MVP candidate in Giannis and Tetacumpo. And um, you, you look at that, and that, that was a, a huge win. And I, I, a real big reason for me that they won that game was that Portland held Milwaukee to only 103 points in this game, which in today's NBA, you know, that, that actually is something real, holding someone to... Uh, just a hair over 100 points is is actually an accomplishment in in today's NBA. And Portland had, especially with their second unit, had a couple of 24-second violations that they forced out there against Milwaukee. And, you know, it's been everybody. It's been, you know, even the guys that over the years, like Damian Lillard, who who would get killed for his defense, his defense was was really good. Uh, you know, he he really gets his hands on balls now. He really uh, is disruptive. And then you look at uh, guys like Zach Collins, guys like C.J. McCollum, guys like even Nick Stauskas, Evan Turner, who who has really taken more of the the tougher matchups, especially with Mo Harkless out. Turner has really stepped up to the plate to help Al Farouk Aminu in some of those tougher defensive assignments. And uh, the Blazers' defense really deserves a lot of credit. And and I think it was a common thing heading into the season and over the past couple of years, even as Portland has improved their defense. Last year they were top 10. Right now they're ranked 7th in defensive efficiency. But to, to get to that point... Uh, has taken a lot of work and I think they're still getting better and this is kind of one of the benefits of having a younger team compared to a lot of other teams is that you can grow faster and there's there's a lot more room for growth and there's a lot less this is who you are this is what this team is and I think 
a lot of us and a lot of people, not only in this market, but all over the NBA, looked at the Blazers as a team that had already maximized its ceiling, that that it couldn't get better, that they couldn't be a tighter group, that they couldn't be a better offense, that their defense had maximized what they could do. And early on in this season, amidst a pretty difficult schedule of games right after another and playing some pretty solid teams to start the season, Portland has done a very good job defensively. And I think are a better defensive team this season. And that's even while they've been without one of their better one-on-one forward defenders in Mo Harkless. Uh, Harkless has, you know, been on the line in the, on the floor for some of Portland's best lineups over the past three, four years. And for Portland to be able to defend at a high level without one of those guys uh, has been a huge development. And obviously, Aminu has has been excellent defensively. Nurkic continues to be a good defender, but CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, those guys are working their butts off and uh, they're fighting. I mean, watching them against the Lakers was really fun because the, the Lakers kept on trying to post up Brandon Ingram against CJ and Dame and he couldn't score. And the credit to their defense. And so I think Portland's defense deserves a lot of credit. I think the, the Blazers coaching staff for starting this last season with getting them to develop more of a defensive identity and continuing it into this season where they've been drilling it and they've been working on it so much now for the last two years. When you look at all the guys that are playing right now, you know, Zach Collins is, is the most Uh, as the least tenured guy there. And he's been there for the last two years when they've really been preaching defense. And so uh, it's, it's really a situation where Portland has just really drilled this into their team and they take it seriously. And it's something that they really work on. And I think, like I said, in that first segment, one of the most encouraging things about this Blazers team is when you ask players on the team about their defense, how many of their guys, like Dame, are not? They're not satisfied. They're not saying they're not patting themselves on the back for having a solid defensive rating. And I think that uh, you know some of that is the chip on the shoulder. Some of that is the fact that people didn't believe this team was going to be good, and they really want to prove that. And you know, they really deserve a lot of credit for getting there. And I think it's going to take a longer sample size. I think. But we're in the middle of the second season now where Portland is not a bad defensive team. And they had a bad defensive series against uh, New Orleans last year. And I think that that really skewed the perception of this team. And uh, Evan Turner, actually, for those of you who want to go listen to it, maybe you already have listened to it uh, if you listen to this podcast. But really, you should go check out Evan Turner's appearance on the low post where he is very frank and honest about how the team absorbed last season's loss to New Orleans and getting swept and the mentality that they had in the offseason and and kind of how they've held it together and they've held this group together and the group has gotten better for it. And so that's a really interesting listen. I highly recommend that you go listen to that low post with Evan Turner. But I think this is kind of why they didn't break it up 
because now their defense in his second season, they've really developed an identity last year that we're a team that's going to defend. They're not going to just give up all the points that they can score. And last year, I think it came at the expense of the offense, and Portland's offense really just became a shell of itself and just became Damon C.J. Isoing. And now it's becoming more of a real flow. There's more ball movement. There's more passing. But they still have that dynamic scoring twosome in Damon C.J. And uh, Turner has been a big reason for that. But everybody across the board has really delivered. And even a guy like Lehman, who I you know may not have thought could play this type of defense, has even played really good defense for the, the Blazers at times. He, he, he took the challenge against Middleton and made it difficult at times for him. And so this Blazers team, while their offense has been really fun to watch, and that's, I think, one of the most important things for Blazers fans to, to enjoy about a team is that they want to see a team that plays together, that, that plays for each other and moves the ball. But Portland's playing for each other on the defensive end right now. And I think that that is just as big of a key to their 8-3 and three start as anything. And so as much as Dame has been good, as much as you know the low expectations and that kind of chip on the shoulder that the team has, they've really just uh, gotten to a certain level defensively. And I think that's going to be something interesting to watch for this team is can they maintain that? I think they can because they showed they could last year. And where that gets them how many how many games can they win you know could they break 50 this year i i think it's it's early but it's it's on the table especially if they continue to play this well on both ends but we're going to take a quick break tonight because they have a big game coming in a, a surprisingly strong los angeles clippers team coming to the moda center on thursday night as portland looks to get their third straight win in this homestand and we're back here for our final segment of Thursday's Locked On Blazers. And we're going to discuss the Blazers matchup tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers, who come into the game with a 6-4 and four record. They are f- currently fourth in the Western Conference. And they probably should have uh, another win according to their point differential right now. According to basketball reference, their expected win loss is actually 7-3 and three instead of 6-4. and four. So they've lost some close games. But the, the Clippers have played very well. They play a very competent uh, brand of basketball. I think uh, my friend Ben Golliver refers to the Clippers as family-friendly fun. I mean, they, that's what they are. They come out, they play hard, they have an identity. They have a lot of guys who are B to B plus players. They do not have your traditional superstar. Uh, Tobias Harris is probably their best player, but he's having a pretty solid start to the season, averaging 21 points a game, almost nine rebounds. Danilo Gallinari has been healthy, which has always been the the struggle for him over his NBA career. He's averaging 20 points a game. And then you have Lou Williams, who was a sixth man of the year last year, uh, averaging 19 points off the the bench once again. So uh, a very strong team. And, and, And you have a lot of guys that just play solid roles for this team. And uh, it, it, it's really, it's not going to be an easy game. Obviously, I think Portland has more top-end talent than this Clippers team, especially with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. But this this Clippers team is going to be a good test, and I think it, it's a team that the 
especially after the Bucks game, you could look at the schedule and maybe worry, oh, it's not as sexy of a matchup for the, the Blazers this time around. It's not kind of the statement game, but it's a dangerous game and one where they could lose. Uh, Patrick Beverly, obviously a, a very tenacious defender who will be out there guarding Lillard and McCollum all night. Avery Bradley, also a very tenacious defender. And then they've also got some, some other younger guys that are very talented, like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the point guard that they drafted out of Kentucky, and then uh, not quite as young, but he's been in the league only for a couple of years. Montrez Harrell uh, has really stepped into a big role, and he's just been a monster in the minutes he's played, averaging 12 points and six rebounds. He's also on the fantasy team, shooting a very high percentage, shooting almost 65% coming off the bench for the Clippers. So I think more so than anything tonight, this is going to be a really interesting battle for Portland's second unit because the Clippers are a very deep team. They are not, like I said, they don't have a superstar. They're not going to scare you with their headliners, but they do have a very strong group one through 10, frankly. You know, you could even stretch that out to 11 or 12. If you, you know, they have a lot of guys, a lot of veterans, a lot of competent NBA players that can come out there and, and, and produce. And so... Uh, I think Portland needs to be ready for a very tough game so far this season in terms of the rankings. The Clippers have the 6th ranked offense in the NBA and they have the 12th ranked defense. So this is a team that has just a lot of really competent B to B plus players that can beat you. So uh, Portland, not that I worry about them taking the Clippers seriously given that this team, not just Dame, has been there before. This team is experienced now, even if they are young. And I don't anticipate them uh, letting the Clippers come in and walk over them or surprise them. I think the, I think the Blazers know who this Clippers team is, and th- they'll be ready. But uh, even if they are going to be ready, this is going to be a tough game. I mean, the Clippers have played New Orleans tough. They've beaten Houston a couple of times. They've had some close losses too, but they have mostly taken care of business. And so uh, this is going to be a very important game for Portland, just like every game is in the Western Conference. And uh, as it stands right now against a team that is currently in the playoff picture. So uh, tonight's game against the Clippers, while it's not a sexy matchup, I think I've heard that there's some really cheap tickets tonight to this game. Uh, it's going to be a high-quality basketball game. So uh, that is kind of the what I'm looking for in this game. And I I think that as far as a game plan, it's it's going to come down to the benches, I, I think. I think Portland's starting unit is is more talented than, than the Clippers, but uh, the Clippers can really win games with their bench, and that's where Portland has also been winning some games. So I think the matchup of the benches tonight is going to be what I'm watching the closest. So that's going to do it for Thursday's edition of Locked on Blazers. We will talk once again after the Clippers game on Thursday, uh, which was tonight. So uh, we will be back. Keep it locked here, and we will be back very, very soon with another episode.